St. Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Several things strike me about the end of Matthew's Gospel this Trinity Sunday. For example, the task that Jesus gives the disciples, that's to say, baptising and teaching. Before this lockdown, I did a reasonable amount of baptising people into the faith, but I often wonder whether I do enough in the way of teaching the faith. Could do better, thinks the vicar, note to self. Then there is the awkwardness, at least to my ears, of the verse about worshipping and doubting. Not to be sure that worshipping and doubting shouldn't go together, I worry about people who don't doubt, but rather that the verse in its current location seems to beg the question how the disciples saw Jesus to worship him before he came to them. Its purpose seems clear, to establish Jesus' divinity and prepare the way for the extraordinary claim that Jesus has been given all authority in earth and in heaven. But I think I would doubt after the claim rather than before it. And then there's that translation, remember I'm with you, as the new RSV has it. That seems a bit of a stretch from the original text, a bit of a translator's liberty. Lo, I am with you was good enough for Tyndall, the Bishop's Bible, the AV, the RV and the RSV. So it's good enough for me. I don't know why they felt the need to change it, he said grumpily. They don't use the word lo very much, but they didn't use the word idu in Greek very much either. Lo, I've gone to the butchers and got half a dozen sausages. Idu, I've brought the mother-in-law a pot plant. So what if we don't use words very often? People can remember the offside rule if they're interested in it. I never can because I'm not interested. But anyway, lo, at least, conveys a sense of looking or seeing both of which are oriented to the future, or if not to the future, at least are rooted in the present. Remembering is something else altogether. Bernard Lonergan, a Canadian theologian of the last century, says this, which has some bearing on the festival today. The doctrine of the Trinity began as a narrative. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son to redeem us so that we might receive adoption as children. Hence, he sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So let's take what's called the baptismal formula, the in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, out of Matthew's ending, and see if Bernard Lonergan was right. Can we still find traces of the Trinity in the narrative? Let's try. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Let's start with what Matthew says about the Son, because Jesus is the narrative focus of this passage. I've already noted that the disciples worship Jesus, and you and I know that nothing apart from God is worthy of worship. Now, there is no suggestion that the disciples are offering false worship or worship to a false god. They're worshipping the risen Christ, who they believe to be God. This seems clear to Matthew, and should be, I think, clear to us. Okay, but what about the words Matthew gives to Jesus? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Only someone who has authority is able to give another authority. There's no one on earth at the moment, despite the current array of stellar megalomaniacs dotted across the globe, who believes himself to have all authority on earth, let alone all authority in heaven. So in the absence of another suitably qualified being, the giver of all cosmic authority to Christ must in fact be God. Here we have God the Father, giving all things to God the Son. That's two out of three. What about the Holy Spirit, though, the third person of the Trinity? I wonder about that last sentence, that, lo, I'm with you always. Bearing in mind these are the very last words of this Gospel, and that although Matthew doesn't write about it, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven from the mountain, in what way precisely can Jesus talk about being with us to the end of the age? While Jesus is with us through his Spirit, that was to come upon the church at Pentecost. This spirit, in the beautiful words of an old blind saint from Alexandria, is a consoler issuing from the consoler, God from God, the preceding spirit of truth. A consoler issuing from the consoler. I like that. It seems then that we need to talk about the Trinity, because the Trinity is implicit in the story of the Church. The Trinity is here in Matthew, whether or not the baptismal formula was something added to the Gospel later on in order to draw out what was implied. The Trinity is right in the midst of the story of our salvation, as Paul put it so dramatically in that part of Galatians quoted by Bernard Lonergan. And that means that the Trinity is part of our story, the story that has brought us here to where we are and will be a part of the stories that we make from this time forward. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.